Welcome into another episode of the Oswegonian Hockey Podcast. This time, episode 16, here from the Oswegonian office at the sports desk. And it's episode 16, Into the Night. I'm Zach Case alongside Thomas Turgeon for another episode here. And obviously, Turge, we're diving into one of the biggest biggest weekends of the season here for both hockey teams. Geneseo comes to town Friday night on the road for Brockport. And of course, the last road trip of the season for the women's hockey team. Turge, welcome back in for another epi. Welcome to it, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone listening. It's the I'd say it's probably one of the biggest weekends for both sides. You know, there's the weekend where the women's team plays Plattsburgh. There's the weekend where the men's team goes up to Plattsburgh. But this weekend as a whole, I think, will tell the tale of both of the teams this year, trying to make one last push to bump themselves up into the standings and as well as the rankings for both sides. We'll touch up on those later on. But either way, this is a big weekend. The men's hockey team, yet. As you mentioned, Zach, Geneseo on Friday at home. Brockport on the road on Saturday. Brockport team that's been struggling so far this year. The women's hockey team, on the other hand, back up north to Canton on Friday. Potsdam on Saturday. Canton looking to hold that fourth place seed. Potsdam, on the other hand, trying to play spoiler and maybe make a last-minute rush to really that fourth-place spot to clinch a spot for the playoffs. Yeah, definitely, and I guess let's look into our rundown for the episode. We're going to talk about the men's hockey, Cortland recap, obviously taking a 4-3 overtime loss to the Red Dragons last Friday night on home ice. Then women's hockey went on the road to take on William Smith. They would get a win on Tuesday. And then, of course, previewing a bunch of hockey games this weekend on both sides. We also have our Geneseo men's hockey coach, Chris Schultz, joining the podcast for this week's interview. Awesome to hear both sides of this historic rivalry that's starting to take place here in the SUNYAC. And now, obviously, with Oswego State getting a win against uh, Geneseo in November, it just means so much more this weekend against Geneseo. And obviously, uh, shout out to him for coming on the podcast. Absolutely. Shout out to Chris Schultz for joining us on the pod this week. A great interview with him. Haven't really been able to talk to really forms of uh, really staff or players from other teams as much, but it was also a great interview that Zach had and really a, a deeper insight into the matchup that's going to take place on Friday. Definitely. Let's dive into some of the recaps here now on the Oswegonian Hockey Podcast. Of course, looking at Cortland on Friday night, a 4-3 overtime loss uh, for power play youth hockey night here in the Deborah F. Stanley Arena. And it all starts uh, with a power play goal from Cortland just a minute and 53 seconds into the game. Not a hot start really for the Lakers uh, as they went straight to the box. I think it was Ryan Dickinson on a tripping penalty if I can remember correctly and of course they bury on that goal there and then looking at it later on they were able to bounce back at some goals here and there but the biggest storyline in that hockey game was Oswego State going 0 for 6 on the power play and obviously the power play is making the difference in that one Cortland coming out on top in terms of power play efficiency and also on the scoreboard so Turge I guess take it away it was a big it was a big game one guy I want to talk about Alex DiCarlo moving on to a four game point streak now extending it with that third period goal tying it up on the breakaway how are you also Connor Gato scoring back to back he scored against Potsdam uh, to get his first career goal and then buried an insane 
beauty right in front of the student section uh, to find his second of the season. That was a crazy goal. There's a couple pictures of it up on my Twitter feed uh, from a couple of the photographers in town. Uh, really cool uh, pictures and obviously a really sick goal. So I guess, Turch, take it away. What were your thoughts? Yeah, overall, we talked with the coaches this week and Coach Gosick and Whitelaw both said really the exact same thing, that this loss itself, it hurts, not because of who they played, but how they played themselves. And they thought it was a very sloppy game on their end. They took way too many penalties. Their penalty kill wasn't efficient. Their power play was far from even average. 0 for 6 on the night. And that was really the story. Cortland was able to capitalize on the four that were given to them. 2 for 4 on the power play for them. Oswego 0 for 6 on the PK. And that's really going to hurt you. Connor Gato, Tommy Cahill getting that second goal. Really the star of the show, though, for me was Luca Durante. And that was... A, just a genuine statement. He was pretty locked down in the net for the Red Dragons. A couple huge saves. One of them that I took note of was Danny Colabufo on a breakaway in the second period. Just went to try and roof it upstairs, glove side. Durante was able to snag it. But a couple good saves on his end. Cal Shell, on the other hand, 24 saves. He kept them in as well. I thought really any goal that Cortland scored was on a really the defensive coverage, and you couldn't really capitalize, and Cortland was able to find the back of the net in those opportunities. But overall, I think you look at the standings now, and that's one of the things that's a little bit concerning for Oswego, as Zach, you mentioned in the interview, and we'll get to it later on. It's pretty much a four-legged race. Maybe if you want to be that guy, you could throw in five for good measure. As Buffalo State now has 12 points in fifth, Cortland at fourth with 14, Genesio at third with 15, Oswego at second with 17, and Plattsburgh in first with 19. However, Plattsburgh has played the most games with 12. Geneseo, Cortland, and Oswego all sitting at 11, and Buff State with 10. But I will get to this. I think Plattsburgh will lock up that first place seed. They got Buffalo, Fredonia, Morrisville, and Potsdam in that order, and they've won six in a row. However, Potsdam, I will throw the curveball in there. Potsdam, the only team that has beaten Plattsburgh in the regular season. However, that was in Potsdam. Now, Swigo, they have Genesio, Brockport, Morrisville, Buffalo State, and Fredonia in that order. Morrisville, they lost to Morrisville, too. So it could go either way. We've talked with the guys week in and week out. They said the Suniak is a lot more competitive compared to what it has been in previous years, but I guess time will tell. Well, I guess just looking back into Friday night, obviously, and I guess wrapping up my thoughts with it is it was a special team uh, fiasco, really. And it, you look at Oswego State, I know Ed Gozik says it all the time. He said it to Greco, probably in his post-game interview. He said it to us uh, when I talked to him this week for my Oswegonian story. And, hey, it really doesn't matter how we play in terms of looking at a result, but if we don't play well enough, we're going to be in the same boat come Saturday against Brockport. If we go in there and get a win against Geneseo but don't play where we want to play, it doesn't matter besides the points. And I think he's at the focus right now where, hey, yeah, we're going to get a, a spot in the Suniac. I don't care where we finish because at this rate, we're looking at a first-round exit. That's what he said to me, and, and I'm, I don't blame him. Right now they're 3-3-1 three, three, and one in January. They came into the winter break at 9-4-1, and one, and ever since that winter break, 3-3-1 three, three, and one now. They're not playing the best hockey. Obviously it's apparent to everyone around this team and in the locker room, and they definitely have to fix it going this weekend. They have a tough weekend. And then just looking at the Suniac, I, I didn't even remember Buffalo State just thinking about it. But, hey, 12 They're points, you can sneak in and get third, possibly fourth. If it, it goes 
Kafloofy here they, in they a little bit. Well, oh yeah, totally. Well. And I think Plattsburgh's gonna end up getting it. I think they're playing really good hockey. Steve Moffat has a really good crew over there. There's a lot of great players. You look on the back end, Jack Ring, uh Stockdale up top. Arugio. You look at goaltending, Arugio too, but then you look at goaltending and Schiller plays out of his mind. Another freshman that's really taken over the Suniac goaltending race. But then you look at Friday night. Luca Durante making 39 saves, allows three. They still win the game. 39 saves is they peppered him. There was a lot of great A's in that. Peppered game. him. And and really, and Oswego averages around 38 shots per game-ish. So it's not it's not uh something we're not used to seeing. But overall, 39 saves from a, a player like Luca Durante. You got Matt Patizian this weekend, possibly seeing a tandem in Brockport. Nolan Egbert can can steal games if needed. We've already seen Freeland steal games when necessary. Curry the, played well here, too. Curry played well, too. So, was here and then, of course, Morrisville November. stuns Oswego State. They're going to play him on Wednesday. Really, I don't know what to look at in terms of this Oswego State men's hockey schedule moving forward. And then Buffalo State for Donia. I know Chris Schultz said it. You'll hear the interview coming up when we release the podcast episode tonight. But he said it. Hey, Fredonia plays a really physical brand of hockey. And then you look at the rest of the teams in the Suniac. Hey, look at this whole season. I think Oswego State, Geneseo, diving into this uh, into the preview later. But those teams are very consistent, and I think they're the same now. It's no longer Geneseo, Oswego. It's kind of a mixed bag between the three top teams. You throw Cortland in there to steal some games, but anyone can beat anyone. I think we talk about it a lot now, but I, I think it's very apparent with this season. Yeah, absolutely, and you really just put the cherry on top when it comes to the men's hockey recap. Anyone can beat anyone on any given night, and it's shown that. Cortland beat Geneseo earlier in the year. Oswego losing to Morrisville, Plattsburgh losing to Potsdam. The list goes on and on and on, and it's not a shock anymore. And really the parity with Division Three hockey as a whole has increased. You've seen teams like Hobart, they lose to unranked Elmira in the middle of the year. And just again and again, Adrian in the same boat, they take a loss to an unranked opponent. Oswego, Geneseo, it, it happens, and it's happening a lot more frequently, which it's exciting to watch, though. And I'll just really leave it at that. Well, definitely. And I think, uh, and I know I talk about this interview, but Chris Schultz said it too. He's like, hey, on the national scale, you have your Adrians, you have your Uticas, maybe I'll throw in the Hobarts, but everyone else is just there. You take a loss, you take a loss. And everyone from maybe three on back through the top 10 is able to beat anyone. I think the national tournament's going to look really good this year. I think, yeah, you're going to see a Utica or an Adrian in the finals no matter what. But you don't know who's going to be in that final four and maybe a three or the four seed, possibly looking at sleeper picks in the quarterfinals for some upsets. So very interesting to see. Men's hockey, of course, giving us a lot to talk about. We'll talk about that later. Let's go to the women's side of things. Oswego State taking the weekend off. Obviously, they deserve some rest there. Now they go on. They play William Smith on the road, the last non-conference game of the season. A 5-2 victory for Oswego State. And it all came with two goals in the second and third period to really solidify the victory. They bounce back after William Smith headed in the locker room after the first period, uh, leading 2-1. And obviously, the Lakers got plenty of scoring to look to. Uh, Lexi Levi in net. Uh... Yeah, she was in that. Sophia Kirikasis also having a really good game. But Turgeon, I guess really looking at this game, plenty of players to turn to on that on that box score. Oswego State going 2-for-8 on the power play, not bad. 5-for-5 five five on the PK. So what do you got to talk about in terms of this Tuesday night matchup? 
Overall, welcome back, Simone Bednarik, fresh from the university games, gets her name on the score sheet not once but twice. Two goals for her in her first game back, which is huge. I think really for this Oswego team who really lacked a little bit of offense in that weekend against Morrisville and Buff State. She provides a really nice two-way game to uh, her team on the ice. Hull and Conboy, Mac Hall getting another goal, which is huge for her. Mia Conboy getting on the board, tallying a goal. Amanda Zenstein also having a really quietly good year on the defensive end. 21 games played, three goals, nine assists for 12 points, and that's already more than what she had last year by the end of the year. And you mentioned Lexi Levy got the start. I was kind of surprised there, given it being a non-conference matchup. She had 22 saves overall, staying staying fresh, staying staying hot, rather, and keeping the puck out of the goal for the Lakers just enough to get the job done, a 5-2 win overall. And, Really a, a confidence booster going into a huge weekend. Yeah, I think overall they're on a three-game win streak, right? Yeah. So overall just looking at it, and yeah, I'm, I'm kind of surprised we saw Levy too. I thought she would get a, uh, some rest, but you look at it, they had a week of practice, they had some days off from that pra from the team, and then obviously the weekend off. So just looking at it overall, obviously uh, the Lakers getting the job done on the road, gaining some momentum, and, and I think at, I read Grico's article, of course, we talk about this kid all the time. Shout out, uh, Shout out to him, uh, travel buddy. But overall, looking at it, uh, reading what Mark Digby had to say about this team right now, I think they are building some momentum heading into this deep uh, run in the later portion of the season, right on the verge of playoffs. I think it's really good, and the chemistry's building on the women's side. Absolutely, and they have a couple key matchups, which we'll preview in just a moment. They get Canton and Potsdam this weekend, and then next weekend wraps up their season. The Friday, though, is Cortland, a huge two points on the line there in that Friday if they get the job done this weekend. Yeah, that's definitely going to be a tight game. Uh, and, of course, it's kind of weird. We have two different styles of, of storylines right now. We have a team that's struggling on the men's side to find their mojo, find their groove again, find the, the offensive juggernaut that we're used to seeing in the first semester. Then we have the women's team that had an iffy first semester, was able to put a run together for say. And then now it, it, they're, put, they're getting their mojo together, figuring out their team chemistry and working out the details. So obviously really good to see on, on the women's side and hopefully the men's side uh, can get back on track there. For the latest on-campus news, Oswego Sports Takes, and the latest information on the Oswego State hockey teams, head over to the Oswego Multimedia Department each week. The group releases more podcast episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere you find your favorite podcast. For more information, head over to the Oswego Podcast page on the Oswego website or the Twitter page at MMD. We're going to step aside real quick and go to the Chris Schultz interview here on the Oswego Hockey Podcast. The SUNY Geneseo men's hockey coach sat down with me for the latest interview here on the pod. Welcome into another interview here on the Oswegonian Hockey Podcast today, joined by Geneseo men's hockey coach Chris Schultz. And uh, obviously, Coach Schultz, thanks uh, for sitting down talking to me today. Obviously, you got a big couple games this weekend. Yeah, this is uh, this is suddenly turned into uh, one of the toughest weekends of our, our season. Um, you know, it, it used to be, you know, Oswego would be the really hard game of the weekend, and then, you know, Cortland would be a, a, a game you kind of rely on to win. And uh, Cortland's really stepped their game up here in the last couple of years. So all of a sudden, it's a it's a really tough two game weekend. So we got to be ready for it. Yeah, you, you talk about Cortland Oswego, and I know we talked before the interview. How do you really prepare for a weekend like this? Obviously, going on the road to Oswego, and then and then playing Cortland on Saturday in the second game of that weekend. Well, our approach. We, I've always had the approach like you have to 
really focusing on the on the first game. So you know, with this rotation this year, we've got Oswego the first night. So all of our all of our attention so far this week has been on. Um, you know, going into Oswego, having a game plan against Oswego and, and uh, taking care of business on Friday night. And, and then we'll turn our attention, you know, once that game's over, we'll turn our attention to uh, Cortland. Yeah, and then obviously looking back in November, going on the road, coming to see you guys in Geneseo, very good game on home ice. And is there anything you took away from that game and I guess maybe the rest of the season heading into a matchup like Friday night, especially now with you guys traveling on the road and probably playing in, in front of a big crowd uh, in Oswego? Yeah, so, you know, the, the first game uh, it was quite a while ago now, um, and the older I get, my, the worse my memory gets. But um, the, what I remember from that game was, you know, it's really two teams that are very evenly matched up. Um, you know, it's we've we've had a, a really good run against Oswego in the last five years. Um, and I think that uh, with, with us not being as dominant this year um, and – Oswego obviously has been relatively consistent through that amount of time. Um, we're just we're we're just expecting you know it to be a really really hard fought game uh, going into a building that's you know difficult to play in. Uh, there's a lot of energy in the building, just like there is ours when when Oswego comes to our rink. Um, so we're just, we're expecting you know a really really good Division three hockey game, and um, we really love going there to play. You know we we love the. Uh, we love the crowd. We, we, we do everything in our power to silence the crowd and, and get on them early. Um, but we know that, uh, you know, momentum's a huge thing in that building. Um, you know, if they, if they put a couple goals together in a quick amount of time, um, you're really putting yourself up against the wall and, and uh, you know, doing yourself a disservice by not being ready. So we, we just have to make sure that when the puck drops, we're ready to go. I know you talked about just looking ahead to that Friday night matchup, but looking at the rest of the schedule through, you guys got five games left. Obviously, it's a little different this year with Plattsburgh being at the top, and, and it's not really a two-man horse race. It's a three-man, possibly four if you want to count Cortland. What's that mindset heading into the final couple games later in the months and, and just looking for that consistency heading into playoffs and obviously into Suniacs? So the, uh, you know, the thing with Suniac is, and I think every coach will tell you this, and I'm sure Ed tells you this all the time, um, it, it doesn't matter who you play. You know, there. You know, Morrisville is playing good hockey. Fredoni plays a really physical brand. You have to be ready to play. Uh, I think Buff State's really, really well coached. They make great, great adjustments uh, in game to you know keep themselves in the race. And it's just the league is tough. You know, it, it, at the end of the day, is it a three or four horse race? Yes, it is. Um, but it's like every night you, you just can't show up. If you just show up, you're going to get yourself beat. So. We really focus in on, you know, one game at a time. Um, and I know it's cliche to say that, but if you start looking ahead, you're going to get yourself in trouble. Um, we have our own, you know, we have our own problems that we have to deal with. So so bringing more problems into the mix by looking ahead is never a good thing. Um, so right now, we, we've got one game on our schedule right now, and that's, that's us we go on Friday night. And of course, and, and now kind of diving back into your coaching career, and, and I guess looking past this season, uh, how has your time really been at Geneseo? And obviously last year was a huge year for you guys, coming off of COVID, going all the way to the national championship game. And I guess talk about that ride, going all the way to the national championship, taking care of your conference, just overall that, that bounce back after having a year off and just getting used to that that year with coming back from hockey with, with your guys and, and making a run like you did last year. Yeah, you know what? It, I, 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 I'd be lying if I didn't say it was unexpected, you know, 
we, we just didn't have the, you know, SUNYAC didn't have the advantage that some other programs, you know, especially that a program like Adrian that played, I don't know, they probably played 11 or 12 games that, that COVID year. Um, so I, I would, I would, li- I would be lying if I said that we expected to be there. You know, it was just, um, I think our guys were so energized to be playing hockey again. Um, you know, I think last year, uh, I think it was, was a four in a row last year. So, you know, there was that, um, that competitive standard that we, we mounted right away. Hey, we have a chance to win four in a row. Um, I think the, the record was is six in a row by Plattsburgh in, in the, in the nineties, I think it, or it was either nineties or early two thousands. Um, they won six in a row and that's so darn hard to do. And, um, you know, so last year we were like, Hey, let's get to four in a row. Let's try to make some noise. Let's continue the success that we've had. Um, and you know what? It was just a group that just, they, they just, they, they put it together every game, you know, when adversity hit in games, they were able to, to turn that adversity into something positive and we'd spin out of it. Um, it was just an awesome year because the guys were just so happy to be playing hockey again, because it, let's, let's face it. These guys worked so hard in their high school and junior careers to, to get to play college hockey. And then all of a sudden the one thing that you work so hard for in your entire life to go play college hockey gets taken away from you. And, you know, it was just, it was really, really special um, to be able to go that far. Um, you know, we had, that was our fourth Frozen Four in eight years. And, you know, to, to get there and actually finally win the semifinal game and give yourself a chance to win a national championship, it was, it was awesome. You know, the, the players enjoyed it. We, I think we did a really good job of embracing the opportunity and, you know, and that final game against Adrian was, it was a really good hockey game, you know, but, a three-two game there in, in the third period, and and um, uh, we had a chance, and uh, you know just a couple of mistakes kind of put us back, but it was a it was a great run for Geneseo hockey. It was great for the Geneseo community. They got behind us pretty good, and um, really proud of the guys for what they were able to do last year. Yeah, and you talk about your group from last season, and obviously the success you've had in in Suniac, and obviously in the national tournament too. And what do you really base that success around? Obviously, four championships in the conference is huge, and it's unheard of, and it's that dynasty. But how is that really built, and, and how do you really get the community involved? You guys have a really good hockey community as well, just like Oswego. And how does that really come about and get that rallied around you guys? You know, we we kind of base it, like our, our coaching staff, we, we base everything around, around culture. And, you know, I, I'd like to say that we were – kind of ahead of the curve like culture is a huge buzzword now and uh and i'd like to think that we're ahead of the curve and in, in, in dealing with culture um you can have really really good hockey teams and you can have a disgruntled players not getting their you know power play time or the ice time that they want and, and that's kind of contagious in the room so we we really we've really focused in the last seven or eight years on bringing players in that not only are really good hockey players, but they're really good people. They're good community people. Their attitudes are always great. Um, we do our homework a ton on the, the guys that we bring in. And, you know, if there's, if there's any red red flag at all, we're not going to take them. You know, if a, if a coach tells me, uh, if there's a player I like on a junior team and the coach tells me, you know, he's a really, really good player, you know, but he gets, you know, he gets hot-headed at times or, or he gets down on himself at times. You know, we just try to avoid those situations. And when they get here, 
we just try to acclimate them to our program as quickly as possible. You know, it's, it's a top down approach. It starts with me and it goes to our leadership, our leadership or servant. We call it servant leadership. You know, we, we, it's, it's the, it's the seniors on the team that are serving the underclassmen. It's not the underclassmen that are serving the older players. And it creates a culture of trust that creates a culture of honesty. And, you know, you just hope that, you know, those, that along with talent level uh, can combine into something that's pretty special. And that's kind of the approach we take. We rely heavily on culture. Yeah, obviously you guys have a a good culture going and you really built that program there. And I guess one question, uh, my last question, heading into Friday night, and one thing I haven't asked yet is obviously the goaltending matchup with Cal Chell, Matt Patizian. You guys obviously have a a heck of a goaltender with Patizian after watching him through the years, uh, and especially in the Suniac game last year. How do you really get around a guy like Cal Chell, and and what's your approach coming into Friday night when maybe you play a a hot goaltender, especially looking around the conference? There's goaltenders uh, on every team that that can really stop the puck. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a really good point. I think I think you you hit the nail on the head. I think uh, Friday night's going to really revolve around goaltending, you know. And um, you know, usually the the team that gets off the bus with a good amount of talent and the better goaltender is probably going to win that game. Uh, it's going to be a big game for both of those guys. And um, you know, we, we've we've actually had um, it's unusual for us because we typically average four and a half, five goals a game, and our goals our goals four is down this year and goal scoring just hasn't come as easily as it has in the past for us this year. And I think that has a little bit to do with power play efficiency being down as well. But, you know, we're, we're facing good goaltenders everywhere now. You know, it, it seems like every game, um, like the game we had against Plattsburgh on uh, Saturday night, goaltender played extremely well. We had plenty of chances, but he came up big at big moments. So uh, I think this game is going to be no different. I think, you know, the guy that's standing taller at the end of the night is probably going to be the guy that uh, gets the win for his team. Hey, well, the good thing is uh, you guys are very close on the offensive side, too, and you talk about goals four and obviously in net mining, too. So it's going to be a really nice matchup. And, Coach, obviously, thank you for joining me. Really appreciate it, and good luck Friday night, and uh, safe travels, and we'll see you in the, in the dub. All right. Thanks, Zach. I appreciate your time. Yep. Thank you, Coach. And thank you for listening to that interview here on the Oswegonia Podcast. We're going to dive into the preview, of course. SUNY Geneseo heads into town. And, of course, it's kind of fitting into the night as the Lakers will battle against one of the top teams in the nation, one of the top teams in the SUNYAC. And, obviously, this is going to be a big game. And it comes down to who's going to show up. Is it going to be the team that showed up on the road in the IRA? Or is it going to be the team that we've been seeing so far in this month of January? Yeah, and that's a really good question when it comes to what team Oswego will bring this game. And Geneseo's got a team that they're going to bring relatively every game. And it's a very competitive team. Their goaltending's fairly solid with Matt Petizian and Adam Harris. That that tandem that's really found a 50-50 blend over this season where Harris has really gotten, in a way, the figurative low-stake games. On the other hand, Petizian getting the higher matchups, the Plattsburghs, the Oswegos of of the season as a whole. But Geneseo, this is a team where you can't overlook. Their power plays pretty solid, roughly around 20%. Their penalty kill, on the other hand, just as solid, roughly around 81. So not horrible on the penalty kill, but I wouldn't say it's great. It's right around that average. But Oswego has not swept the season series in a legit decade. They haven't swept since the 2012-2013 season. A man on that roster, shout out coach John Whitelaw, was on that 2012-2013 roster. That season, Oswego did win the Suniac. 
And quite frankly, this is even more interesting. It was in the exact same order. Geneseo on the road early, Oswego at home later in the year. So it's kind of ironic that it goes full circle 10 years later. But Oswego's looking to get the job done that hasn't been accomplished in quite some time. My question is, is what will Oswego's lineup bring this year, this weekend? Brad Fodger hasn't really been in the lineup as much so far in the last few weeks. He did get his first goal in that game against Geneseo. I'm curious to see if Coach Gosek puts him back in the lineup. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I think it's one of those things where, like, talking to Gozik, he's not really concerned about that third, fourth line right now. He's concerned about his top six, his top four D, and and just guys that should be, hey, leading the league in scoring, getting power play time. They're not playing up to the par, really, and it's like, it's like, hey, I get it, but then also what we've noticed is on two-game weekends, we see a rotating crew on that third and fourth line. So very interesting to see what lineup we do get. On the other side, Peter Morgan, 11 goals, 12 assists. He's plus 13. Pretty sure that's like second behind Ryan Dickinson in terms of plus-minus rating. So obviously plenty of guys that can put the puck in the back of that. We saw that when we went to the IRA uh, back in November. I'm very impressed with this team. I'm very excited to see what Geneseo can do. They're a really good team. I don't think they're above Oswego anymore. I think it's a very fair fight. It's going to be whoever can get some puck luck, maybe get a penalty here and there for them. And other than that, I'm very excited to see what happens. But it's all going to come down in the first 20 minutes and see. And honestly, it's going to depend on who shows up too for this community. If the fans are in the barn and it's a good environment right on puck drop. It's going to be electric. And I think we saw that Friday night with Cortland. They got the fans into it later on in the game. Uh, so overall, we'll see what happens. But I'm very excited for Friday night. Yeah, I don't think really for Oswego you can allow those first five minutes to be flat or go against you. Examples, penalties, or even allowing the first goal. And that's exactly what happened in Cortland. And they allowed a first penalty. And they allowed the first goal. And Coach Gosek talked to me. He goes, we were fighting it all game, all period long, whether it's first period, second period, and he said by the time it reached the third period, we were pretty much out of it. And you can't really keep fighting that 50-50 battle for a full 60 minutes, or really a 60-40 not in your favor, that being special teams and being on not converting on the man advantage. Your mojo isn't really going. The goaltender you're playing against making a few key saves and you're not really able to crack him. And it's a tough test, and good teams really overcome that adversity. Oswego really needs to find that mojo going into a huge weekend. Yeah, and then after listening to that interview, obviously my one of my takes, and, I, and Chris Schultz agreed, is goaltending. Cal Shell versus Matt Patizian. It's going to be a big matchup, the senior versus the freshman. We've seen it a bunch so far this season, and we've seen games where goaltending wins hockey games. Of course, it's apparent. you got to put the puck in the back net, uh, the net too. But overall, really, if Cal Shell could steal a win, keep the game tight, or Matt Patizian could do the same for Geneseo, I think it comes down to goaltending on Friday. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. So diving into Brockport on Saturday, the Lakers go on the road to Wegmans Arena as they take out the Gold Eagles, 7 o'clock puck drop Saturday uh, evening. And, of course, Brockport coming off a 4-1 loss against uh, Plattsburgh and a 2-1 loss against Potsdam. They are looking to get back on track and try to sneak into the playoff race in the bottom seeds. Uh, and it's really not the same Brockport team we've seen last season. I know there's a couple players, Galloway, someone to talk about. He's got a lot of speed. He's on a long point streak as well heading into this matchup uh, or this weekend in general. Definitely someone uh, I'm looking to. I know there's been games in the past where it's been decided on special teams overall in terms of scoring. So very excited to see what happens. And obviously last time the Lakers taking a 4-1 victory. Uh, but it wasn't the most uh, effective performance. I think they let Brockport back into the game. And overall, Turge, what are your thoughts? 
Overall, and this is a game, it's kind of a repeat of Geneseo, but in a different style of caliber, I'd say. It will be determined on goaltending, and it depends which goaltender Brockport brings, whether it's Egbert, whether it's Curry. Both of them have played solid against Oswego. I think Curry, who started in November, which has seemed like an eternity ago, gave them the opportunity to win, and it was very apparent here in the Deb. I'm sure it'll be the exact same way on their home ice. Brockport, a competitive team, and you would say right around this time that those bottom teams in the standings are on their way out and not even going to make the playoffs. Either way, you look at any of those teams, whether it's Brockport, Fredonia, Morrisville, Potsdam, if they string together two wins with a little bit of luck from the top teams in the Suniac, they could find a way into one of those lower playoff spots. So it's clearly by any means not finished for any of these programs in the bottom of the Suniac standings. Of course, WNYO will most likely be on the road for that one. Uh, we'll see if we can get the technical difficulties figured out before Saturday. And of course, diving into women's hockey. They're going to head on the road, a North Country swig up to Ken and Potsdam. But first, Friday night against Ken. Turge, I'm going to give it over to you. What do you think? Obviously, last time out, a 0-0 contest. They're 1-0-1 against Ken so far this season. What do we got in the roost? Well, it's going to be the second time Cameron Barnes faces her alumni and the or former teammates in the Oswego State Lakers. She transferred to Canton just prior to January, so it should be interesting there. But this will be the determining factor. You can't change my mind. I will not change my mind. This game will be decided by Serena Alvarez, the goaltender for the Canton Kangaroos. She was fantastic here in the Deb. Didn't allow a single goal. I want to say she had roughly around 40-something saves. It was 43. 43. You put it in the notes. You put it in the notes. Did I put it in the notes? Yeah, either look way, at you go. Either way, look at me. She had 43 saves in that game. However, Canton, on the other hand, they have not been looking so good since January 6th, which was their last win against Buffalo State, a 3-2 win. Since then, one tie, five losses, and an overtime loss against SUNY Potsdam. I think Canton's in trouble because Morrisville, I think, is very competitive. Their last five games are two of them with Morrisville and then Cortland, Plattsburgh, and Oswego. So you get the top <clears throat> excuse me, the top three teams and then two games against the team that's coming for your fourth place spot. Well, actually just looking at the new HL standings, a good segue over to it. Plattsburgh clinching a spot. They got 24 points. Cortland right behind them with 20. And Oswego already playing 14 conference games. They only have 19 points, so very unlikely to see. The Lakers could get around the Red Dragons, uh, possibly to host a semifinal game. Canton, though, 13 games played. They're 5-7-1 and one, with one overtime loss as well for 12 points. And you talk about Morrisville. Coming in, 14 games played. Uh, they're 4-10-1 and one with one overtime loss for 9 points. Uh, I'm very excited to see if dra uh, the Mustangs could like, skirt in there, especially with the Ruse struggling. And if Oswego State could take some points this weekend against Ken, that would be huge for Oswego. They can't drop back uh, to be the fourth seed. I don't think – could they drop out? Oswego? Based on points. I don't think they're seeded in third no matter what. So that's one of the things there you got to watch to make sure Oswego State does drop to four. You want to play Cortland no matter what in the semis. Uh, or if it's it might be Plattsburgh possibly too. It's so close of a race this year. But overall, looking at it, they got to keep doing what they're doing. They're on a three-game win streak, and obviously they're going to see a, a really good goaltender on Friday night, and we'll see if they can put one in the back of the net. One thing to note, Oswego State going 0-6 on the power play last time, but we'll see if the Ruse can also bounce back 
and keep the trade going again on the tracks. Now looking at it, yeah, Turch. I've got one final thought. Yeah, one final thought. Go ahead, Turch. With the standings, you mentioned Cortland has a couple games at hand on Oswego. However, their first three going into this weekend are Plattsburgh twice and then Oswego. However, Cortland did beat Plattsburgh earlier in the year. It's going to be an interesting first three games for Cortland. I think that will really determine where Oswego lands. If Cortland can get two of those three wins, you're looking at your second place seed for the Red Dragons. Otherwise, Oswego can maybe get some puck luck if they went out. Maybe they've got a chance of getting that second place and hosting the semifinal. Well, I just think looking at it, Cortland's a really good hockey team. They got a good goaltender. They got a good team in front of the goaltender. And then overall, looking at it, they already beat Plattsburgh once. Obviously, they figured something out. They ended a really long win streak in conference play. And now diving into Potsdam on Saturday. That's going to be a really big game. There's been games where these have been ties, one goal games, possibly two goal games with an empty netter. Very excited to see how the Lakers play. Potsdam, I don't think, is as strong as a team that they used to be, but really just comes down to whether or not the Lakers can continue to keep the bus rolling. They have a really good Friday night, transition that into Saturday. If they struggle on Friday, you got to start with a clean slate on Saturday. Absolutely, and this is a Potsdam team where you mentioned you don't know what you're going to get with the Oswego State men's team. I don't think you really know what you're going to get out of this Potsdam team. You're going to have games where Carly Green just goes on an absolute tear and that's two, three goals and maybe a couple assists as well. you got Megan Teach out there who provides some offense, but you're also going to see a team who defensively is really, really sound with Ellie Zerflu in between the pipes for Potsdam, a very tall goaltender and able to cover up a lot of space in the net for Potsdam. But, Zach, like you mentioned, they're, I don't think they're as competitive as they used to be. They're still competitive, clearly, as we go barely escaping away in that late game in January, a 6-4 loss for Potsdam, and Oswego netted three unanswered midway through the third to capture the win. But overall, this is a must-win for Potsdam, but I don't know if anything will really change for the Bears if they get a win. I'm, I still don't think they'll be able to make the playoffs. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I don't really have anything else on it. It just comes down to finding points here in conference play, and I think on both sides, really, they could benefit from a couple wins. Not, and Don't get me wrong, I think everyone knows that, but the women's hockey team can find some wins. That would be huge. Now looking at the national spotlight on the men's hockey side of things, ranked number 12th in the nation in the USCHO poll. They went down two spots after last weekend's loss to Cortland. And on the women's hockey side of things, they actually received one vote this weekend in the, in the poll outside of the top 15, but they did receive a vote. Turge, any thoughts? Really nothing has changed for me in terms of the national spotlight. Oswego takes a loss against an unranked opponent. That's going to cause them to drop. On the other hand, though, I will give Plattsburgh, although they're a rival, I will give them credit. They sweep a weekend against Geneseo and Brockport and are managing to climb their way into the pole. Now, up, I believe they're at six. They're at six. So, and, and I'm pretty and they sure they were at 11. Pretty sure Geneseo is either eighth or ninth. I believe it's ninth. But so. you, either way, you look at Plattsburgh, they make a large jump and a big splash this week in the national spotlight. Oswego, on the other hand, they can't get the job done. They're going to take a drop a few spots. Hey, well, let's dive into prediction time now. Of course, Case are sitting at 27 and 11. And Turgeon 25 and 13, just two games back, heading into some of the 
t- well, we're almost done. We'll we're see if done. I can beat you once again. Did I beat you last year? I don't think so. I don't know. I it was I a three-horse race. I think I beat Mike, though. That's all that matters. Shout out Mike Gross. Yeah, shout out to the good old Michael Gross. Let's dive into it. Obviously, we'll do men's hockey first. And I'm going to be honest with you. I think the Lakers lose to Geneseo Friday night. I just don't think they're as good of a hockey team anymore compared to where they were at in November. And I think Geneseo, he's playing with a chip on their shoulder. Just lost the uh, Plattsburgh. They know it's a three-horse race right now. They want to secure a second seed, possibly the first seed. And I just think, looking at it, they're going to take a loss. The Lakers, however, men's hockey team, they'll bounce back against Brockport. Give me a win on that side. For women's hockey, I really think it's going to be a tie against Cannes again. And I think it's going to be a win against Potsdam. I think it's going to be a really good game, but I don't think they're going to get around the goaltending that Cannes has. And that's one thing that scares me heading into the playoffs with the women's hockey side of, te- uh, side of things. They probably won't see Cannes, but if they get a really good goaltending performance in the semifinal round. You might see a ruse get an upset and heading to the finals. I'd be sh- really shocked if Ken did pull an upset in the semifinal, but you will give credit to their goaltending nonetheless, regardless of a win or a loss. They, Serena Alvarez has been fantastic for the Canton Kangaroos. I'm going to throw a little curveball and try and bounce back and claw back those two two points, really, that I'm down against Zach. I'm going to go with a win against Jessio. I think this is really going to be the turning point in the season. Although the team looking to try and bounce back and try and turn this train around, I think they can get the job done against Geneseo. And then they're going to go into Brockport and get another win as well. I think Brockport's going to be a weaker opponent this year. They they really haven't shown it much in the SUNYAC, in the regular season, in, in really just the non-conference matchups as well. I think it's a clean sweep for the men's team. I really hope it is because this is the time where they need the huge four points. On the other hand, women's hockey, I think it's the same thing. I think it's really going to be a sweep on that end as well. I think Oswego's got their grind. They've been able to tally. I want to say it's close to 11 goals in the last three games, and Canton really hasn't been able to find the back of the net in the last three games. On the other hand, Potsdam, overall, I just think they, they're the better team. They need to really work on those little things, and they've been really developing those little things over the last few weeks, the the power play, the penalty kill, just a, a solid forecheck, being able to constantly really annoy the defense on the opposing team in their defensive zone and be able to capitalize. So I think Oswego, on the other hand, is going to be brooms out all weekend for the men's hockey team and the women's hockey team. Well, I guess we won't be the experts, but we'll let the people on the ice decide, and now, that's really my thoughts on the weekend. It's going to be an eventful weekend, an exciting weekend as a whole for really not even just hockey bus. We go stay athletics as well. Yeah, and I just think in general, and obviously basketball has a big weekend coming up as well. And, and I think just looking at it, obviously, we'll let the athletes be athletes. But uh, in terms of my storylines heading into this weekend, on the, on the Friday side matchup into the night, Big game against Geneseo. It's going to come down to goaltending. We'll see how Cal Shell play, uh, plays. Matt Patizian, obviously one of the best goaltenders in Sudiac hockey. He's shown that the past couple of years with multiple Sudiac championships. And, of course, the Geneseo team as well. We'll see how they play. I don't think Oswego can get it done. But looking at it, if they can play better hockey Friday night and develop something, I don't really care what the result is. As long as they're playing good hockey by the time quarterfinals or, fi- or semifinals come around, that's what I'm looking at. On the women's side of thing, obviously they got it right right now. They got the mojo. They got the jam. They're figuring out the chemistry. Whatever they got going to that locker room, keep playing that playlist and keep buzzing out there in warm-ups because they're getting it done. They got three, they're got on a three-game win streak. Continue that against Cannes. I think that's the hardest opponent so far till Cortland. Obviously, Buffalo State, uh, that's going to be an, a wishy-washy game. Probably an easy result. 
possibly, hopefully, the same thing for Potsdam. But I think can Cortland are going to be the biggest games heading into uh, playoff time. And, and I'm very excited. Both teams sitting in a decent spot right now. Could be better, but we've seen it last year. Oswego State kind of dropping later on in the season. That's what we're seeing on the men's side. Women's, the flip-flop, which is really good to see. And we'll see what happens. At, uh, of course, WNYL countdown to face-off going live at 6.30. Of course, TOP going live at 6.30 Friday night for both games. Uh, and then also the following day, we'll have Countdown to Face Off and we'll be on the road in Wegmans Arena on Brockport. Shout out to the social media accounts. You can follow me at ZachK6. Obviously, shout out to everyone listening on the Twitter Live. We got five listeners right now. A couple alumni, a couple, couple of the, the boys. So uh, shout out to everyone listening. Obviously, we're going to start doing this now. I know we're almost done with, this, with the year and we're going to graduate, but thought it was something cool we could try to do before we release the podcast to everyone. And then obviously, uh, Turgeon's. Uh, uh, Twitter account, what do you got? Turgeon underscore 30 WTOP. I still refuse to change it, but nonetheless, we, we carry on, and we'll have a we'll have a good pregame show for you on Friday at 6.30, and then we're also covering the basketball games this weekend. Big game against Oneonta on Saturday for the men's team as well. And, of course, you can listen to all the podcasts and follow us along at Twitter at GoniaMMD. And, of course, next week we'll have Episode 17, Morrisville, and, of course, Women's Hockey Final Weekend. We'll have an interview as well. But, of course, folks, thank you for listening to the podcast and tuning into this interview. And, of course, uh, for Turgeon and I, another week of hockey here at Oswego State. But so long and sail on.